0: Welcome back to More Than Running with Dana. This week's guest is Kira D'Amato, who says running professionally is her side hustle. That's right, one of your favorite running realtors, Kira D'Amato, just won her first national title at the U.S. Half Marathon Championships in 107.55. Learn why this title was so special to Kira, why it's made her emotional this week, and her plans for the future. Kira announces her next upcoming race. Hint, hint, it's a marathon, but you'll have to stay tuned to find out which one. Her goals for the track season, what her family means to her, and much more. Kira really is kind of the essence of More Than Running, and I I was just so happy to have this conversation with her. So, welcome, Kira, to More Than Running. Welcome back to More Than Running with Dana the podcast that's all about women who do amazing things on and off the track. And this week's guest is Kira Demano. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really pumped to be here. Well, the first time that we met was in much, much different circumstances. And it was on the hottest track day that I can actually imagine back in the summer of 2020 when we ran a meet trying to qualify for the Olympic trials. So, and that was quite the day.
1: I have to say, you made, I don't even think you realize how big of an impression you made on me that day because I saw you briefly, like before your race, you're racing the 15, and I wish you good luck. And you knew who I was, which Blew my mind. First off, the fact that, and then you mentioned something. I forget like exactly what you said, but you said something along the lines of like, "Oh, and you know, if you win the race, you get like a the um, trigger point massage tool." And I remember I, that. <laughs> and it's it's I just it meant the world to me that you even thought that one. You know who I was, and that two like I didn't know if you were saying that to be funny or you said that to everyone. But I sent you a message after the race, just saying like thank you for like kind of believing in me that I could win that race. Cause it was full of like Olympians and huge names that I felt like I had no business being running against. And like you sent me the Swedish message afterwards, just saying I had a feeling you were going to win it, but like that, just that meant the world to me. It gave me so much confidence going into that race. And then you went and blew it out of the water and just dominated that race. But that just, it meant the world to me. And you've always just had a really special place. Um, uh, on my heart because of that.
0: (laughs) Well, let's just end the podcast here. I don't need to hear anything else, but no. Yeah. And I think that the special thing about you not to totally gush over each other on this podcast, sorry guys, is (laughs) that, you know, kind of this untraditional background that you have, you know, you're 37 now and you are running the fastest that you ever have in your entire life. And Mm -hmm. I think that there are so many women right now in the U S that are really carving a new path and every day is super, super inspiring. So I mean, listeners to the podcast know this about me, that I ran and then worked for a little bit and then ran and now I'm working again. And there's not one way to do it. And I think people like you inspire me to keep going and training at a very high level. So that's probably where that came from, from me.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. And it's funny, I was actually talking to my mom about this this morning, just about Uh, you know, coming back into the scene, like I had always had dreams of where I would go physically and like what, where my times would be and my goals, like on the track or on the roads. But what has totally taken me, like just humbled me is the impact of just women in sport and how many people have reached out to me and just say that, I have inspired them or they're going to keep going or just some sort of just sharing their story of how I've had any, some sort of even just a minor role. And it just feels like the biggest gift in the world that they are sharing their story and that they care enough to reach out to me. It's just, I mean, it's just been a totally humbling experience, but thank you for saying that. Well,
0: I kind of want to start out with the most recent news which we had a brief taste on before we start recording was winning your first national title this past weekend. How did how are you feeling? Well, the legs are
1: feeling good. That's all I have to say about that. But um I it's I am on a high still. I've been like I feel like it diff- like everything that happened Sunday I was just going through the motions. And then like when I kind of sat down and had a little bit of quiet time to myself this week, I've been really emotional about it because, and I didn't realize I would get this emotional because I mean, back in, this has been a goal of mine for like 20 some years, probably 25 years. And I'm not exaggerating on that. In high school, I finished ninth at, it was the Foot Locker regionals at the time so I missed out on even making it to nationals and that was heartbreaking so like that dream but they didn't did... take 10 no they didn't take 10 this They're is generous like, back when dinosaur... yeah back when dinosaurs roamed the earth they only took nine but so I didn't even make it to that national meet and then in college I finally did qualify and the highest I finished was six but um which I was really proud of but still it just felt like so much unfinished business and then coming out of college and you know, I tried running for a little bit and got injured. And then I kind of gave up on myself. And I like, let go of that dream. And I kind of forgave myself for not hitting those dreams. And then like giving myself permission to try again, and to dream of that again, and to like, be able to come here. I'm just getting so emotional, because like, it's just I don't know what a ride. And I'm just so like happy and proud of myself that I allowed myself to give it another shot to see what I can do. And to finally win this like 25 plus year old, you know, goal of mine is just really like emotional for me to think about it. So yeah,
0: yeah, pretty wild. How does it feel that it happened in the half marathon for you? Does the distance make a difference to how those emotions are going? You set a world record in the ten mile, kind of these off distances that not that many people are running, but the half marathon is a world class event, and you ran a world class time. So does that does that make you feel a certain way that it was in the half marathon?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like the ten mile half marathon is a really sweet spot of a distance for me. So I'm definitely really excited about that. But honestly, if it was in like the 100 meters, I would have been just as pumped. Like, just let me win any national title or, or let me earn it, I guess I should say. But yeah, I think any distance, I would I would be feeling the same kind of way.
0: When you first decided to kind of, you know, recommit to yourself and, you know, take this big step, I was stalking your Instagram way, way, way back. And this is something we'll get to later in the podcast. But in 2018, you were stoked to qualify for the US Olympic trials running a 244 marathon. Mm -hmm. And there must have been having an impetus before that. So what kind of was the first thing of, you know, I'm going to train, I'm going to trade hard, and I'm going to set my sights on the highest level?
1: Yeah, it like, it didn't happen like overnight. And there was like multiple moments when I think back that I like gave myself permission to put in a little bit more and to take up a little bit more time or to be a little bit more intentional, but like it all started out with like a gag Christmas gift to my husband. I gave him a marathon entry, which is like such a backhanded gift because it's like, you know, it's nice getting a race entry, but then he wasn't training for a marathon and then to have three months to train for a marathon is kind of uh, yeah, definitely more of like a prank gift. Uh, And then I felt really guilty about that. So I told him I'd run it with them. And this was um, I had like a four month old baby at the time. So um, so we started like training and he was so much faster than me. But um, we didn't care. We went out and just were like running together. And I jumped into it was the um, the St. Patrick's Day Virginia Beach Marathon. And I ran 314. And I was like, oh, wow, like that was kind of. I was on like the um, root beer float training plan. So I just, if I ran 10 miles that day, I got a root beer float at night and that was seriously my training plan. So I was like, well, maybe if I'm a little more intentional. Yeah, maybe coaching yourself faster. Yeah, I was coaching myself at the time. And then, um, so I did the Richmond marathon later that year and I ran 247. And that's when like everything was like, oh whoa, like I'm two minutes off that OTQ time. Uh, maybe if I get intentional. And that's when I reached out to my coach that had coached me after um, college, Scott Roscoe. And I was like, can you help me just get intentional? And um, he was like, sure. Are you going to listen? And I'm like, probably not all the time, you know, but, um, but yeah, so that's when it started like getting real. And when I ran the 244 to qualify, then I realized it's not good enough just to make it to the trials. Like I want to make up like show up and compete and so then it took to a whole new level so once I got that qualifying time then I went like super intentional like really focused and um, yeah just went went all out training for that so it's almost like it was something that you were doing in addition to your
0: life and then you shifted your life around running right
1: right exactly exactly yep and how was that kind
0: of switch for your your kids and your husband, kind of your support system around you? You know, gift. that's a long way from gifting a gag marathon entry <laughs> to kind of focusing your day to day. Because I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, taking up that space in their life with running, especially when other family members aren't doing it, or it seems like, quote unquote, a selfish pursuit. Mm-hmm. What kind of made that intentionality feel right to you?
1: Yeah. I think that's a big thing, and I've struggled a lot with that too, just the guilt with taking up so much time to myself, Um, and it does feel really selfish, and I'm really, really lucky that I have a supportive family that, you know, this hasn't been smooth sailing to find how it fits in all of our lives, and it requires everyone in my family, even my extended family to help pick up the slack for me to afford me the time to be able to train You know, and I think at first, I remember I just kept saying, like, I'm going to do this while it fits, like, for my family, like, while this is fun for me and while it's like, it fits with our family, I'm going to keep doing this. And, you know, I've kept, like, kind of with my own goals, I kept, you know, keep making them higher and asking for more. And I feel like I keep doing that with my family. And, you know, everyone is like really stepped up. And it does make me like, I feel like I'm really emotional, this podcast, but it like, My family didn't know my goals when I started. Like they didn't know like all my unfinished like dream, unfinished business dream goals when I started, but they were really like happy to support me because they saw that I was just loving running and it was making me happy. It was bringing me confidence and it was just kind of just helping me center myself in a crazy world with two young kids and husband that's also in the military and he, you know, he deploys and stuff. So like, I think that they were just supportive if that's all running was that they really showed up for me just to allow me to have that. And then, um, now that they're seeing <laughs> where it's like ended up, you know, they're, they're still extremely excited to, sh- to show up and it's, uh, yeah, it's been just a ride I think for everyone. And, and I don't have like a secret answer to how to make it all fit, but I think, um, you know, asking for help, it's really hard for a lot of people to do. It's really hard for me to do, but I ask for a lot of help all the time. And, um, that's how I kind of make it all fit. But yeah, you got any tips on that? I I feel like I don't have like quite the right answer on that. but I mean, I
0: completely imploded my system because I knew it wasn't working because I know that, you know, having community really is, it's essential. Like you have to be happy to run well. Like I haven't met anyone who's achieved their biggest dreams and been I guess there's a couple of people I can think of that probably weren't super happy, but it all breaks at a certain point. Right? There's right. a tipping point when it comes to that. But yeah, I think like you were saying, like you bring everyone along the way, it becomes more of an experience for everyone versus a selfish pursuit. And I think running makes me personally feel like a better person. Mm-hmm. And the times that I've stepped away from it a little bit, I realize I'm I am not as I'm not happy with myself. So when running's the center of my life a little bit, I'm a much better person. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree totally with that.
0: Yeah, it's this very strange thing, the hold that this sport has on us in a way that you're Mm -hmm. like, it always keeps you wanting more. Did you feel a certain level of satisfaction of
1: this accomplishment for you? I did. I found a lot of satisfaction with with this weekend's race being that it was, you know... (laughs) took me 37 years to win my first national title I found a lot of satisfaction but but it's also like it's uh, a stepping stone for me you know I don't see this weekend as like the end all be all of my career but I do think it's it means that I'm on the right path and I'm headed in the right direction and I think it's kind of just a, a symbol of good things to come.
0: At the end of the race, you kind of flashed your secret family symbol. And while we're on the topic of the family, I definitely wanted to highlight that for the listeners. You, your joy at the finish line is something that just, I mean, I was at Chicago, I saw you coming (laughs) forth there, kind of throw the arms up. You even mentioned it, you're like, people must think I'm insane for being (laughs) so stoked. But this way, you mentioned the signal. Can you tell us a bit more about what your, your hand signals are to your family?
1: Yeah, you know, I went through a phase where I was doing like the double peace sign and that was um like a little nod to my father-in-law who used to run. He was um a great 800-meter runner in high school and in college and he used to finish with like the double deuces like that. So I started doing so that good.
0: just just a little homage to him, I guess. Did because. he go to
1: Villanova? No, he went to Houston. So Okay. Because yeah. the the peace signs like a Villanova thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's funny. I had no idea. But yeah, I like Villanova too. So I can do a shout out to Villanova. But um, so that's where that kind of started. And then with my kids, you know, through COVID, before COVID, they used to come to all of my races. And during COVID, we just felt like it was unsafe, especially before they were vaccinated to travel and to have them exposed like that. We really tried to limit just our family exposure in general. So I'd always tell them, I'd flash them like the I love you sign to the camera. And that means that I'm thinking of them and I wish they were there. And I know I can feel them cheering and everything. So so during the race at one point I did, but I found out later it wasn't like live streamed or anything. But at the finish line, I did the two uh, uh, I love you signs, one for... Tommy, one for Quinn, just to say that I was thinking about him. And I do feel like, you know, all of my accomplishments are definitely like a big win for the family. You know, Team Tomato. It takes all of us to get there, so uh, I feel like we're all kind of crossing the finish line, pumped. But I also, it's funny to me too because a lot of the joy you see on my face, like I love running. I'm passionate. I'm so passionate about it but a lot of it is just pure excitement to be done running <laughs> that day so like at Chicago I, all of that emotion that was coming up like I just I can't believe I've made it to the starting line of Chicago but then also to make it to the finish line I was just so it's thrilled relief. to be done right it's relief yeah like thank goodness I'm done with this today but um yeah so that's it's a lot it's a lot that comes out and I just yeah I just let it roll let it
0: let it show. So you definitely, you keep it fun in kind of every aspect. Do you consider, you're a professional athlete, you have a sponsor, you're sponsored by Nike. Is this your job in some way? You have another job. Do you consider this a job for
1: you? Um, it's funny, like, I kind of call it like my side hustle a little bit. So like, literally, right from this meeting, I came, I wrote, like, I ratified a contract on a house. And like the other agent, we were chatting, and she was talking how she grew up playing basketball. And she asked if I do sports and a I said, I run a lot. And she's like, yeah, you look like a runner. I'm like, How, what do you run? And I'm like, well, actually this weekend, I won the US title for the half marathon. I'm a pro runner for Nike. And her, and and like, her head spun around like six times. Her head times. spun. And it's funny because whenever I tell people this, they're like, now when you say like you won, does that mean like you finished or you won your age group? Or, you know, it's like there must be some sort of like disclaimer. I'm like, nope, there's a lot of women in the race and I I won. But, um, yeah, like I'm also doing real estate full time, which takes up a lot of time. Um, and real estate is great because half of the time you can set your own hours, but then the other half of the time you're really just making yourself available to your client schedule. So half the time it's flexible and half the time, like this morning I got up and I needed to be somewhere at noon, which I found out a couple hours before I got there, you know, so I had to rearrange my day and make sure that all worked out, but I don't know. But I, so far, I've been able to balance the two, and I think it takes the pressure off of running when you know real estate is how I you know support myself and my family, and it's my career, and um, it allows me to keep running really fun. It allows me to, I think, be a little more riskier with just my choice of races, and and I can really just make decisions. It's really like a luxury for me. I make decisions just purely like. How am I going to run the fastest? Like, what is the mm-hmm. best path for me? What schedule works for me around real estate and everything? And, you know, I've been real fortunate that Nike is my sponsor, has been real supportive of that. I mean, they love that, you know, I'm just like, you know, balancing the two. And I, yeah, you know, I'm real thankful that I have their support.
0: So a day in the life while we're at it, you normally run in the morning. What does that kind of look like for you? I'd love to hear like a day in the life of Kira.
1: Oh, man. So... Usually, my husband gets up earlier with the kids. Um, my husband's out of town this week, so he like has been like kind of bribing the kids that he'll bring them home a big present if they don't wake me up like exactly when they get up because they usually get up at like six. And so they're Ooh, like, if you could just hurts. let yeah, if you could just let mom sleep in. I'll bring you home some extra candy. So and they're old enough now that they can come down and they can read and they have activities. They can grab like a snack if they're real hungry or whatever. But um, but I'll get up usually around seven or so and get them breakfast get everything ready for school get them on the bus and as soon as the bus came I was out for a run came back and I did a little bit of real estate work or I finished up all my exercises and stuff and then got right into real estate and um, talking to you right now get the kids off the bus around four and then go into mom mode until about eight and then from eight to nine or ten whenever I go to bed I get all the rest of like real estate done but that's a pretty typical day. It's just, it's just go, go, go. But
0: yeah.
1: I'm here Do you ever it, double? Man. You ever run twice in a day? You know, I used to a lot, like going into the Olympic trials and the marathon project, I was doubling anywhere from like two to five times a week. And, um, but coming off an injury, we've kept my mileage a little bit lower. So I haven't doubled too much this fall. Um, which has been nice for like, just the timing, I, I feel like I have a little bit more time in my day. But I think also just for my like build up this year, I just didn't need to get into as high of mileage. But, um, but yeah, like my normal, e- like my run this morning was really easy and short for me, I did 10 miles. So you know, my normal easy recovery run is 10 to 14 miles. So um, I kind of just like those longer mm-hmm. I don't know, runs, I guess.
0: So, is your normal mile like what's the high mileage then? If an easy run is 10, I'm coming from the middle distance world. So, yeah, our, um, our easy runs like six.
1: Yeah, God, that's awesome. I, um, my long runs, I mean, get up to they'll alternate kind of between 18 and 22 to 24 miles. And then, like, a workout day usually is anywhere from like 12 to 15 miles, just when you add on like a warm up mm-hmm. and cool down. And then, um, yeah, my recovery days just like a, I don't know, just a fun run. You know, I go out and listen to podcasts or listen to music and just like enjoy the ride. Do you listen to running podcasts? I I, shamelessly really don't. So I'm like probably 50%. Yeah. I love Chris's. I love Chris's and I love yours. And um, but I try to like I stay out of the world, I think, most of the time. Like I have my Conan O'Brien on Monday and then I listen to the office ladies. I think they come out on Wednesday. And then I'm like a really similar to Chris. I'm like a huge Survivor fan. So I listen to a lot oh. of Survivor podcasts. Um, and yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of just like float around from there.
0: Chris got me into Survivor this season. If anyone's listening, doesn't know Chris Chavez, not only is this podcast on the City Mag podcast network, but there's the City Mag podcast as well. But Chris has gotten me into Survivor too. And I'm just shook this season. So this I don't even season
1: it. is awesome. I want to see Chris on Survivor so bad. I will. I want to get on his like campaign team or something to see him on Survivor. I would love if he played. But this season has been awesome. I've been like giggling to myself at episodes, and then they got like real deep. Like last episode was like such a beautiful like people moment. Um, yeah, I'm, I really love Survivor.
0: You, I, yeah, I think there's a fine balance with running, especially when you're running at a very high level that you have to have times to step away from it. And it becomes that all consuming. It gets really hard because you have no perspective. So that's where I lean into my, my favorite murder podcast and just <laughs> oh, kind yeah. of funny things. But yeah, I think that's more common than not as people kind of who are doing this so intensely to take a little step back in their free time.
1: Yeah, and I find like I know like between my coach and I like we know like our path and what to do. So sometimes I don't, I just if I listen to too much and hear too many other like ideas, like I feel like it shakes me a little bit sometimes. So I like kind of just being in my own little world, doing things my way. Like I feel like we found a way that works for me. Um, so I kind of try to keep my own little cure world going.
0: Do you have
1: a rival? Ooh, oh, I would love. So I'm not like really a rival. Well, I guess I do have a couple rivals. Okay, yeah, let's let's start. So there is so before the marathon project, they had a like mileage competition where you could sign up under like a pro or one of the runners names and add your mileage mm-hmm. and just see which team. So I got into this heated competition with someone named Danny Doherty from Minnesota. And so I'm considering him an arch rival because he ended Got up beating, like, he beat us by a couple miles, just a couple miles. Like, I think our team had, like, thousands of miles, and somehow he beat me by a couple. So he's a rival. And then I would also, like, I think having beef is, like, kind of fun. So I who should mm-hmm. I make, like, as far as, like, a female rival, like, who should I make my female rival? I would love to start to throw the gauntlet out.
0: Well, I mean, if we're basing it on this week and this week only, the running realtor rivalry between you and Sarah Vaughn, she just debuted in 226, has four kids. I don't know. I'd like to see
1: you guys go head to head in a marathon. That would be awesome. Sarah is awesome too. I I would feel good about a rivalry with her because I think she and I would be on the same page on what a rivalry would be. But she is so sweet. Like I think it was in 20... 20 I guess last year when I ran like a time trial 5k and I ran it was like totally it was like alone on track during a workout but we put like it was videotape and mm-hmm. she called me afterwards and said hi Kira this is Sarah Vaughn um, I am another running realtor and I just want to congratulate you on your 5k and officially pass the torch that you are now the fastest running realtor <laughs> It was the, like, it, I listened to the message like a hundred times. I'm like, this has oh to be a great call. Like, is this, I, I can't believe Sarah Vaughn would actually be calling me. It, if you after, still have
0: the voicemail, you have to send it to
1: us. Oh my God. It's amazing. And um, so, but I think like, you know, coming back and debuting at a 226 marathon, first off, that is over a minute and tw- or an hour and 20 some minutes faster than my debut marathon so I think that as far as just like opening up with a marathon she is definitely uh takes the crown for that for running realtors but that's a really that's a good that's a good rivalry I could I could get down with that
0: do you have um another marathon lined up this year I do
1: oh it's allowed- a secret still you know, I haven't announced it yet, but I'd be more than happy to share it. I plan on doing the Houston Marathon in the beginning of, well, I don't even know what year it is, 2022. Yeah. So in next January, really five, six weeks out, I plan on rocking a marathon there. So,
0: well, that's so exciting. I, you know what? I had an inkling it was something sooner than later because the bounce back from Chicago to this half marathon championship was not very long. Yeah. And I was like, there has to be something up her sleeve that all this fitness is going towards. So yeah. do you have not going to push my luck here, but a big goal for
1: the Houston marathon other than to win. Yeah. I have a lot of goals. Yeah. Definitely to win. I've never won like a big marathon like that. Well, really any marathon, <laughs> I've never won any marathon. So that would be awesome. Um, And I think I'm, Fitter than I was last year when I ran into 22. So I would like to PR. And um, I think it's going to be a really great race. I am really excited the way that things have come along. Like we knew going into Chicago, that was really early on in a training cycle. So I didn't have a full buildup. And coming off of, you know, three, four, however, months I was injured, like, so we knew that was a little premature for a race. Um, so after that, we were going to see like how I recovered and then see how, you know, the rest of the season would go. And, you know, if things didn't go too well, I didn't recover. We probably would have just shut it down, but I recovered really quickly from that and was able to get back into training. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited for Houston. I, um, we'll know like for every single race of like this, like professional career, like I don't really know the pace I'm going to go until like that week. So, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to get through another really great training cycle and that we do like four week training cycle. So I can do one full one before I make a lot of progress in training cycle. So I'm really excited to see where I am come January, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good.
0: I think it's going to be pretty spicy based on this. It's going to be fast. And I think, you know, just seeing, I want to see all of the women who have run really fast in the marathon the same place. And Houston is known for being a historically fast marathon. Was that, did that go into your kind of decision-making of why choosing Houston or was it more of timing?
1: Uh, it was both. Um, you know, I talked to my coach and uh, my agent, Ray Flynn, and we said, you know, we'll see how like the half marathon goes but training's going really well. I'd like to do another marathon in kind of December or January. And that gives me time then to take a break after that and then build up for track cuz I'm going to go all in and try to qualify for the 5 or 10k for world champs next year. So we needed to find something that gave us enough runway to be able to take an adequate break and then build up with like a speed um a speed training session. So So Houston uh, really fit the bill. I've done the half there before. It's a super flat course. The weather is usually perfect. And um, I love that city and that race committee and everything. They always get really good competition and they just know how to host a race. So I'm pretty pumped about that.
0: So this week was also this past weekend there was a lot of news about the marathon standard being changed and I wanted to get your perspective on that. So the women's marathon standard was changed from 245 to 237, which substantial difference and I know there's been a lot of chattering of, you know, the community that that's a really large jump. It was much bigger than the men's time drop. As someone who's kind of got their career reinvigorated by the marathon trial standard. Did you have
1: any initial thoughts and feelings about that change? It felt like a gut punch, to be brutally honest, when I first heard that. And, you know, I 100% see both sides of this. And I understand for um, the feasibility of a city hosting an event of this caliber, why you know financially it's really tough to put it on like the Atlanta Track Club did and they did a, an amazing job with it so i understand that aspect of it but like my husband and i actually had like a really long talk about this and he just asked me like do you and i definitely he was leading on on this question but he asked me like do you think you'd be where you are now if the time for 2020 was 237 and we we talked about it for a long time and I think if I finished the race, the marathon where I ran 247 and I was two minutes off, and that to me felt like achievable to go, and then I started training really hard. Like, I think if that time, if it was 237, I have no idea. I don't think I would have had the confidence or the drive, or like, I just, that carrot would have felt way too far away for me. So I don't know if I'd be where I am right now. And so that gets me feeling like really emotional that um, some women may feel just a little let down with that being a little further away now. But I also feel like really encouraged that like, I just feel like as women, like we rise up and we find ways and like somehow, you know, over the past of the couple 2 3 years for me i didn't even know if 245 is possible and now i'm talking about houston where i want to run a pr which is a sub 222 you know like it's it's just blows my mind that i i achieved so much so like i hope if anyone can take anything from my story it's that 237 245 like it's possible like be patient give yourself time. We have a couple years now to to qualify. So slowly build up. Nothing happens overnight. But I really like, I really hope that us like US women can rise up and fill the field again, because it was a really like, electric feeling having so many people work so hard to qualify and be part of such like a special monumental day but yeah i'm i'm you know i like i see both sides but just emotionally it really um i don't know it gets me because yeah i just i can't tell if i'd be here right now if it was a little more aggressive but then i also understand from like usa tf like it's the olympic trials you know they're selecting Mm -hmm. an olympic team so you know i heard the argument that there's you know last time there's a and b and there's no b olympics you know so they should just have an a time and everyone go for the a because it's the olympics that we're trying for so like i understand like all sides of the equation but i just hope that those people that you know, we're aiming for 245. That they feel like the courage to go for 237 too. And I think that so many women are really going to surprise themselves with with what they can do. Um, so, yeah, I know I talked in circles a little bit there, but it gives me a like, lot no. kind of emotional thinking about it. To be honest, well, I mean, I think it really showed it was a wave
0: of, you know, people committing to a goal. And I, you know, I was busy doing track things. So I was not there for the trials and I wish I was because that was like three days before the world ended and just hearing kind of all the stories are very similar about the feeling of everyone being there on the starting line, women's sports rising up. I mean, back when, um, Joe Manoit, you know, it's like the progress that we've made in this many years and there's still so much more work to do but yeah i think that 237 is a pretty daunting task but i'm optimistic that people will step up with my very nascent uh track perspective but it is something that you know i hope your story does inspire people because it's almost like it takes two olympic cycles you know mm-hmm. you were yeah. so excited to even qualify and now and that's not going to be everyone's story for sure right. but hopefully right there'll be another version of you coming down the pipeline. And I think another thing that might happen too is that a lot more post-collegiate women will jump straight to the marathon and it will have a much younger field.
1: Well, and I think also something really special that Sarah Vaughn just showed is that coming from like a stellar track career – can really lay the groundwork for a great marathon too. I mean, Sarah Vaughn ran like what four oh something in the 1500. So a fifteen hundred. So when you're championship run, team. yeah, like just totally ba. But like for her, then going to r- lock in at you know five forties or five fifty pace. I mean, she can run over a minute, what a minute and a half faster almost in the mile. Um, so that makes that pace feel much doable. And so you just need to work on your endurance. But I would love, Data, have you ever thought of doing a marathon?
0: You know, I said no, 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 no forever. And then I just started attending all these marathons this fall and especially in New York. New York just got me. I was so, talk about emotional. I was so emotional in New York. I think it was. I mean, I'm from the East Coast, so probably a little more so than Chicago for me, but just like seeing that environment and spirit everywhere, I'm like, maybe, but I think I would want to start in a way that's more community building too, you know, pacing someone, getting into it. It's so far out of my comfort zone that I think if I can help someone else reach their goal, if it's someone else break 237, like that would be really special for me. And then if the spark comes from
1: there, we'll see. Well, and it's so great because complete, I mean, track is very, very different from road racing. So really like you have a clear slate and like you're allowed to race for fun, you know, so Mm -hmm. you can go and you can train for fun and just enjoy the miles. And I found with marathoning, like for me, I enjoy the season when I really just enjoy and take a lot of pleasure in like the slow long runs. Um, But that I think would be really, I mean, you're, I mean, we're also competitive, but I think just erasing the slate and doing it for a lot of fun just to start off, I think is a good way to get into to marathoning. And then it all starts to grow. And then you do it, you're like, oh my God, I just ran a marathon. Like, what else can I do? You know, and everything kind of takes off from there, but.
0: Yeah, definitely. Slower, oh, we'll see. We'll see. No, I mean, this is an open invitation for anyone who needs a pace there for 237. <laughs> so that still seems kind of daunting. I'm not going to lie. But the funniest thing is that, I think I've told this story before, but I was so ignorant to what the marathon pace was that for years I thought two forty-five pace was five forty-five pace because those oh, just seemed oh, like even oh, numbers oh. to me. Yeah, because my brain just does math in four hundred meter increments. Right, right. I, was like, I don't understand how all these women are running five forty-five pace for a marathon.
1: Right, right. It is. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it's uh That's I a two thirty, I think yeah yeah because I want to say I think 618 I remember those splits I think 618 was 245 is that right maybe I'm making that up I'm the worst. At one point I knew all of that because when I went grandmas to try to qualify I knew I just got to run under 618 but well what's the
0: pace for sub 220
1: um well it's that's American record and that's like 518 519 so is
0: that something
1: that you know gets your get your mind spinning a little bit yeah, 100%, 100%. I, um, you know, we're gonna like finish out this last month, and we'll see. Like, I don't think I'm too far off of that right now. And I think with like one more cycle, I don't think it's crazy to think that that may be the pace that I, you know, go for. Um, but we'll see. But I also know, like, say I think I'm in shape for like a 220. Well, I would definitely just go for American record pace you know so if i'm close enough to that i definitely will go for it but like i need like another month to see like really where i'm at i need a couple more long runs with the long tempos to really test out that and see but um yeah if i'm anywhere close to that fitness wise i will definitely go for it because it is a huge goal of mine and actually like I should not even be saying this out loud. <laughs> but when you I found that speak out- it into an existence. That's how <laughs> what I believe. I should not this should not go on record. But I was talking to my agent and we were talking about the, the standards and he said that how the men's was 218. And I told him I was like, I want to qualify for the men's race. Like, I want to yeah. run sub two eighteen, and I mean, who knows? Well, let's first get under two twenty two and start working that off. But man, if I could qualify for that and then have the option to line up for either one, that would be really cool. So, uh, do you think I'm they would let manner. you? I don't you know, and that's why I kind of want to see what would happen. You know, I don't know if a. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somewhere along the line there's had to. Be, the I don't know I don't know the history of it but I just think that would be really cool to say yeah I qualified for both fields I'll see which one I want to do I think
0: there's a few of you guys that can do that you know I think 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 that the international field has definitely shown and obviously raised the bar in marathoning as well that it's physically possible yeah it's just I think it just takes the work at that point
1: Exactly, exactly. So, so we'll see. Let's, uh, I'll get under 222 first, and then we'll go from there. But, um, but yeah, I do have my eye on that. And whether that happens in January, or whether we feel like, you know, to delay that, we'll, we'll see how everything goes. Is there also,
0: there's a World Half Marathon championship still?
1: Yeah, it was originally supposed to be in March and then they postponed it till next November. So it's in China and next November, which actually I'm kind of excited that they postponed it because then it won't fall in the middle of the track season. So
0: And now for a brief break from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthier with WHOOP in their all-new 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. It was also designed with their new Anywhere technology, so you can wear with their WHOOP body sensor-enhanced technical garments. Personally, I've been using WHOOP for the past few weeks at Altitude, and it's been incredible tracking how my sleep and heart rate variability adapt at 7,000 feet. When I tried WHOOP a few years back, I was in a rigid training program, and I wasn't able to fully implement the insights, especially on those dreaded low-recovery days. Now with WHOOP, I'm much more aware of how to improve my overall sleep quality, which is leading to more consistent running, and better recovery. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. Right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code DANA at checkout. So go to Whoop, whoo and enter DANA, D-A-N-A, at checkout to save 15%. Let's get back to the show. So I'm just going to keep blabbering but I only have a couple more questions but one of them is that you subtly dropped in there that you still have big goals on the track qualifying for the world championships in the 5K and 10K. So a lot of people once they go to marathon they don't look back and you're kind of the opposite here you're like all right I'm scheduling my year around this track championship it's on home soil it's in Eugene and you even said the 5K. So what what's open there for you?
1: Yeah, I you know I alternate like pretty much every roughly six months, I go from like a speed for six months training and then for like base and strength. So right now I'm in the strength more of like marathon and then I'll switch over to the speed and doing the speed like last year got me to a really great point where, I mean, I knew I was in sub 15 minute shape and I think, I think I could have been a contender, you know, if I had stayed like healthy, I think I could have been a contender in both the five and the 10 K. Um, and now I have those lessons learned and I won't make the same mistakes that I made last time. Um, but I think I can, I think that I still have that leg speed and I think I have a lot of strength from the marathon, which I think makes me pretty dangerous. in, um, you know, the five and 10 K too. So, um, so we'll see, you know, I'd love, like I've, I've felt this way too. I just want to represent the U S so whatever Mm -hmm event again if it was shot put or discus i know it would never be but (laughs) i would be all in training for that if i thought i can qualify but i know i can't so i'll stick to like you know what what, uh you haven't represented the u.s like no pan am team nothing so i was supposed to be on the world half marathon championships in 2020 in poland and that one got delayed and then they ended up not sending the team so did they send the gear no, it was like decided <laughs> not to go. Like, oh, like they sent me an email saying your gear is on the way, and then like three days later, they said that they weren't going to send a U.S. team. And so I was like, oh, please, please let the gear come. Please let the gear come. And the gear you, never and, I, came. you and I are alike, it's like oh, the free man. stuff and
0: the gear still gets me going.
1: <laughs> I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. So, um, uh, yeah, so I would really, really love to uh, to make a U.S. world championship team, and I think that you know, I'd be, I'm extremely proud in the half marathon. I would love to represent the U S in a marathon too, but I think, you know, equally exciting, the exclusiveness of a five or 10 K being on the track would be, would be really, really special too. So
0: does wearing the U S Jersey mean more to, you know, that your husband is in service or is this something that's just been a personal goal for you to represent the country for your own reasons?
1: I'm so touched that you asked that question, because this is something like my husband is extremely proud to represent the U.S. through military service. And like, I haven't done that. So I feel like this is my way to like represent and serve the country, you know, and um, obviously way different than serving the country in a military standpoint. But this is the way that I know how and that I have possibly the opportunity to. But it's absolutely I feel a lot of passion connected to like you know the military because of that
0: well we are all rooting for you and want to see you do it so i'm gonna leave us on a very light note and i need to know what the next family bracket is gonna be what's the next family challenge Uh, if you guys don't know kira has the funniest instagram filled with puns and oftentimes oreo challenges cereal brackets
1: that are very fun to follow along with Hi. so I'm not sure. I would like to do some sort of Christmas version, which I think naturally goes into all the Christmas like treats and everything. But someone sent me a message on Instagram saying, I know what your next bracket should be. It should be Christmas music, Christmas songs. Oh, and so, which is a little different than like tasting it all. But I think that would help the sugar rush from my kids <laughs> that ultimately always happens after we make them eat a lot of candy or cookies. But, um, but I don't know, I don't know if that would have the same impact. But if that got my wheel spinning a little bit that that could be that could be pretty interesting. But Um, I'm not sure. I would like to do a Christmas version, but I haven't quite figured it out. Yeah, so if you have an idea for some sort of Christmas taste test, find me on Instagram, Kira D'Amato, and tell me. And uh, but yeah, cookies will be good, because a lot of Christmas cookies are... Mm -hmm. I feel like I just haven't quite landed on it, but yeah, we will figure out something. And all of mine are, like, saved in my... What do you call that? The little profile? highlights? Yeah, the highlights. So you can go back and watch all of our taste tests, and then you know, especially the Halloween candy. I know there was, you know, a hashtag grandstand on that one. I got uh, a lot of people, even like this weekend, people were like, hey, Kira, I'm glad to meet you because I have a bone to pick. Um, <laughs> 100 grand should not have gotten like tossed out of the tournament. So it's uh it's been fun. It's been really fun.
0: Is social media the main way that you connect with kind of your larger community? And what makes you embrace social media the way that you do? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people who didn't grow up with it necessarily are not as digitally native and are kind of uncomfortable but it seems like you have really bought in and have genuinely created a community around it
1: yeah I I don't think I'm very good at it but I've been lucky I like, disagree okay well there is um a friend of mine Dorothy Beal she has an account mile uh mile post but she gave me some tips like a couple of years ago. Cause I was like, how do you, what do you insta what? Like, how do you do this? And she gave me some tips. She's on She's so good. She's awesome. She's, and she's so generous with her time and helping others too. So that I was real appreciative. Um, and then like, I started thinking like, what, why would people want to know anything about, me like I just it seems like my life like isn't very exciting and then I was like but like my family's ridiculous like we are four knuckleheads living under the same roof all just like just the stuff that's going on in our family is just so strange I'm like now this is funny you know when I step back and like watch this like the other day like my son is just like pulling my husband like my husband is laying on his back in the middle of the living room and my my son it looks like he's trying to get my husband's shoe off and i'm like what's like what's going on like why are you like is is your shoe stuck on like what's happening and anthony's like no you know i wanted to see if i ever fell and lost use of my legs if tommy could be able to drag me up the stairs and he, I'm like, and like, and Tommy is trying his heart out to like tug of war, like Anthony's <laughs> leg. And I'm just watching this, like, I am so confused. Like, what is, am I like, taking crazy pills? Why is this? And it's just hilarious, you know, but, um, then I was like, you know, what? that, that's, I don't know if all families are like this. I'm sure they all have their little quirkiness. So I'm like, that's what I'm going to share about our life is just how strange we are, but.
0: Well, I love it. It comes. It's so authentic and it's so you even before you won your first national title. You've Aww. always stayed the same. And Aww. I really thank you for coming on, letting us be the ones to kind of announce your upcoming marathon and future success. So we wish you all the best in the upcoming training cycle. And I can't wait to watch Houston and everything you do
1: yeah it's gonna be fun thanks for having me on it's been so much fun chatting with you and thank you for all that you've done for like women voices in the sport dana like you've had a huge impact on the community my husband also loves your instagram he thinks you are like the just the one of the funniest people he loves he loves <laughs> you so um, oh, thank just you thank you for your impact and just you know getting we, more, got, like, we got a long
0: ways to go we got a long ways to go <laughs> yeah 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 exactly And that's a wrap for this week's episode of More Than Running with Dana. This episode was produced by Mike Zerzolo on the Sidious Mag podcast network. If you like what you heard, leave us a little Christmas gift. Like and review the podcast so more people can see and hear stories from inspiring women on and off the track. I read them all, as you guys know, and I'm very excited for what's in store for 2022. So stay tuned. Thank you for all your support of More Than Running.